Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome into another edition of the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel. I'm John Vogel, your host. we got a special guest in the background waiting on us. Quarter, another quarterback. We've been getting a few of those this year. Uh, but first... Shane, he's our producer in the studio. Um, I'm really excited about this interview. I think it's going to be a really good one. Good energy. Good guy overall. Uh, Shane, get us started. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Draft Vogel. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The first pick. In the 2022 NFL Draft, with the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the sickest NFL Draft show. It's gonna be sick. Sick, sick, sick. And of course, the Sick Podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Uh, be sure that you use the DraftKings code Sick Sports after you download the sportsbook, uh, the DraftKings sportsbook app. And get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 on any bet. It, this says NFL on the banner, but it, we're kind of switching it up. It's kind of anything. We got hockey. We got March Madness coming up. If you're an NBA guy, get into that as well. And then when we get closer to draft, and there's actually some props already up there, you can bet on NFL draft where players are going to get drafted and when the first quarterback will be off the board and that kind of stuff. So you could get involved with that. Stay tuned right here because this might be a guy that you want to be betting on coming up next. Uh but with DraftKings, where the crown is yours. Be sure that you check that out. Our guest, it's just me and him today. Uh, Jarvis and Gam are out. So let's go ahead and bring in John Rice Plumley, Plumley, the quarterback via Ole Miss to UCF. And John, I'm really happy to have you. How are you doing tonight, dude? Man, good. Good. Good to be here. Glad to be here. Uh, excited to be talking to you. Absolutely, man. I'm excited to talk to you, too, because I want to go get into how you started playing football. I know that you're a multi-sport athlete. Um, Gam definitely has a question for you that he's, he can't be here tonight, but he's going, he sent it in to make sure that gets asked, but let's just start from the beginning about you, about football, your journey with it, sports in general. Cause obviously you're a, you're a two sport athlete at UCF, I believe at Old Miss too, right? Yep. That's right. Yeah. So if, when, when, when did you kind of make the decision that, Hey, I want to give sports a try. And how did you start playing sports? how did you start playing football? Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, from, I mean, as long as I can remember, I was doing something with some kind of football, baseball, you know, basketball, soccer ball, doing something all the time. That was kind of uh, I've always from a young age have been super, super ultra uber competitive. And uh, some sort of ball was my uh, way of, of uh, outlet for me. Right. I love to compete. And so um, I found myself playing some sort of ball. 
Um, and so my parents let me uh, do it all when I was a kid, football, baseball, basketball, soccer, um, you name it. I was doing it. I was competing in it, having fun doing it. Um, and so uh, I loved it from a very young age. <clears throat> Started in baseball first uh, because you were allowed to do that first. Then as I grew older, uh, in second grade, I was allowed to start playing tackle football. And so uh, that's when I started the, the journey in football. Uh, played quarterback and middle linebacker. That's what, uh, that's what I did. Um, oh, totally so, correlating positions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk about both sides of the ball. We were doing it. <laughs> Hitting heads on defense and staying away from on offense. But, um, yeah. And then into high school, uh, I narrowed it down to football, baseball, um, and – was blessed enough in my recruiting process where I had the opportunity to do both and to play quarterback, which was uh, my dream from an early age. That's what I wanted to do. I want to play football and baseball at the highest level. Uh, people would ask me, Hey, what are you going to do when you get older? And I said, I want to be in the MLB and the NFL. I'm going to be in both of them. Right. And so um, I got to, to play at the highest level for a long time. And uh, now I'm excited to be pursuing my, my dream of playing in the NFL. Um, and it's exciting. I told you before we started, it's an exciting time in my life. Uh, and, and excited to be living it. So, so I don't know anything about baseball, so that's why I have to ask you, right? Sure. Like, I, I know the very, ba- very basics. Uh, called some baseball games, like high school type stuff. But what are you? Are you looking at MLB in the future too, or is that something you're just keeping off the table for now? Like, you're just focused on the NFL. Uh, I've hung up the baseball cleats. Um, I'm a, uh, for as long as – as far as, like, baseball draft kind of goes, um, guys usually make the, their money uh, when they're younger, so either coming out of high school or early, early college because in baseball you have to get into whoever's system. So you have to go through their minor league system uh, to get up to uh, eventually be in the show. But obviously that takes a little time, a couple of years most of the time. Um, so the younger the better for baseball. Uh, I'm a little bit young. Uh, I mean, I'm a little bit old uh, on the baseball side, so I think my – my money is in football, and so I'm excited to be, uh, I guess, chasing the money or, or in chasing the dream as well. So before we kind of talk about college, this is what Gam wanted me to ask you, which is being a dual or multi-sport athlete, do you think that helps athletes in general or football players be successful? Uh, I think it helped me. I, I, I feel like it did help me, but I think there is an argument to be made that um, hey, I think uh, John Rice might have been a better football player if John Rice only played football and that's all that he focused on. Or if John Rice just played baseball, I'm sure I would have been a better baseball player if that's all that I focused on. But it helped me because uh, I was always uh, – what I loved about it was I was always kind of in season, right? As soon as the last football game happened, I was, hey, we're in uh, – we're starting spring baseball here. It's right around the corner. we got a couple weeks before we're into the season. And then right after baseball, which ends in the summer, hey, we're into summer workouts right into the fall uh, and fall camp. And so for me, it was just kind of always kept me sharp, kind of always kept me looking forward to the next thing. Um, but uh, I enjoyed it just because no, it never got old. Like there was always – it was always fresh, right? There was always uh, – you'd be around the guys and, you know, the same guys every day in football, and then all of a sudden you go to a new locker room and you're around completely set of different guys. And so um, kept it fresh, kept it fun. Um and it's something that I know that not a lot of people have gotten to done, uh, but I'm, I'm really glad that I did. And it was kind of funny, too, because a couple I think it was last year you had a there's a social media video that dropped where you were literally leaving a baseball game and going to the spring scrimmage. Right. Yeah, that's right. 
yeah, UCF. I, I remember that kind of going viral. Like that's you want to talk about commitment to two different sports, man. John Rice had it. That was that was craziness. Um, that was really the first time I've only been through two spring footballs in my life, and both of them happened at UCF. Um, and I, I think I made some big strides in the spring, and it was really good for me. But I also was, you know, balancing football, baseball. So we would go football in the mornings, uh, you know, 7 a.m. meetings. You go meetings again, position meetings, you practice. Then after that, it's either some sort of training room, you're doing PT or whatever. Get lunch. I would usually get a to-go box and go uh, right over baseball. And then it was baseball in the afternoon. So we're immediately starting going into early work, cage work, field work. After that, if you want to do a little bit after practice and then back to the house, you know, five, six, uh, doing some homework. I had online classes, which uh, made it a little easy for me because I could kind of do it uh, when I had the time. And so for me, that was when in the afternoons after everything. And then uh, I would jam it in and then uh, rinse and repeat, get up and, and do it again. And um, it sounds busy. It sounds like a crazy, crazy, hectic schedule. Like, how did you make it work? But um, I had a bunch of people around me that made sure that, that it worked, right? I had Coach Malzahn kind of moving spring practices around uh, on my behalf. Like it was, it was extremely fortunate to be able to do that. And then coach Lovelady, um, over at baseball, uh, making sure I had adequate time to be over at football as well. And so both of those head coaches, um, really made it almost jump through hoops, uh, to make sure that it happened for me, which was, which was really awesome. Let's get into your college career a little bit, because I was telling you before we started recording that I've been watching you really since Alabama, but people have been, been talking about you since LSU as a freshman. Yeah, you come out on the scene. You throw for what nine hundred and fifty yards and run for over a thousand in your you know your first year. You started eight games at Old Miss. Kind of came in, I think, for an injury. Uh, talk about what that experience was. First off, going to the SEC, having the opportunity to start as a freshman and then put up two hundred rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns against the eventual national champions. Yeah, um, man, it was it was fun. Um, I remember early on. Uh, I'm not playing the first couple of games and I'm upset, you know, it's a competitor in me. Like, uh, and I don't, we, we weren't doing well either as a team. And so I really felt like I could contribute. I, could, I really felt like I could make a difference. Um, but again, I'm a freshman. Uh, I felt like opportunity wasn't coming my way. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, we second down, we take a sack, uh, starter gets a, a, a fractured rib. I go in there third and 11, uh, First play, uh, QB draw up the middle, 47. And then next play, we score. That was versus Cal. I think they were right 24th or 23rd at the time. Um, and then from then on out, again, the next week it was Alabama. Uh, that was my first start ever. Um, and so really, really cool just to be like, hey, have to pinch yourself kind of moment. Like, hey, my first start uh, playing college. Alabama, Crimson Tide, and, and Nick Saban. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah, versus Nick Saban, right? Like, this is crazy. Um, but man, it was, it was so much fun. Like I, once you do it, like, uh, it always kind of took me a play. Like, Hey, I, after I got tackled one time, I was like, man, this is still, this is still football. Like, this is the game that I've played since second grade. This is the game I've loved forever. This is, I'm still playing football. And so, um, but I felt my freshman year, uh, like just didn't know a lot of football. I was just athletic um, I was putting my, my athleticism, uh, on display, but I didn't know a ton, uh, about playing the quarterback position, didn't know a ton, uh, of, of football knowledge and scheme. Um, and so in the years to come, I eventually, uh, learned that now I've been in, 
in college for five years now, and I've been in, uh, you know, close to five offenses. Uh, so um, I felt like I, I know a lot of ball now. Um, so uh, I like to tell people if I knew then what I know now, uh, it would have been, uh, I think, a lot different. Um, but, man, what a crazy first year. It was so much fun. It's an interesting point that you bring up, too, because it's almost as if if you knew then what you knew now, would you have become the player that you are now? Uh, I, th- I, I think I would have got there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that that was a part of my growth too. Um, it was, it was a piece of me that, that I needed to develop and I did develop. Um, but yeah, you, that's a, that's a good question. I've never been asked that question before. I think I would eventually got there. Um, maybe quicker in some aspects, a little bit slower in other aspects, but I think I would have got there. Cause I think we're kind of referencing the same thing here where you end up right after that year, you end up making more of a move to wide receiver, you know, and you played your a couple of years there, mostly out of the slot. Did that help you kind of understand offense better looking at it from a different angle, a different lens than you really had ever in your career? Uh, for me, it was after that freshman year, I had a coaching change, uh, had Kiffin and Jeff Levy come in. I'm super mm-hmm. excited. Um, and so I play behind Matt. Uh, they end up naming Matt Corral the starter. End up playing behind Matt for a year. Um, and for me, that that was, that was like, dang, man, I really wanted to be the guy in that offense because I love that offense that we were running. Um, I felt like I could be really uh, a, a good player in that offense as well. And so when I didn't uh, have that opportunity, it really stunk. But for me, it was kind of how uh, how do you get one percent better every day? And for me, that was my big leaping point. Hey, I'm going to learn ball from these guys that uh, know a ton of football. Obviously, uh, Jeff Levy's head coach at uh, Mississippi State now. Kiffin is still yep. rocking at Ole Miss. Both unbelievable offensive minds. Um, so, really got to soak up a lot of knowledge off of them. Um, so, played behind him that year in the bowl game. They asked me to play a receiver. Was a little bit hesitant. Uh, I did it. Uh, it was fun. Um, and then the next year, uh, they wanted me to move uh, to receiver full time, which I did. Um, but man, I, I love playing quarterback. And so, uh, after that year, um, I knew I had to go, uh, I felt like my opportunity had, had, had come and gone there at Ole Miss. Um, and so got in the portal, got a call from a familiar voice and coach Malzahn had a relationship prior coming out of high school. He recruited me. And so, um, he said, Hey, I have an opportunity. And for me, that's all I've ever wanted was, Hey, give me a, a fair shot. You give me an opportunity. Um, at that point, it's up to me, the ball's in my court. And so, uh, and make a trip to Orlando, was there for two years, man. And, uh, again, another great offensive mind um, that I got to learn from um, with Coach Chip Lindsey there, quarterback coach first year, and then Darren Henshaw the second year. Um, got to learn a lot of football. So talk, talking about the difference going from a Matt Luke-type offense to Lane Kiffin, Jeff Levy, to Malzahn. Yeah. What was the, what was the biggest shift that you really saw during that you know that tr- the, the transition to those different places outside of you know coaches and 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 you know the the place and yeah. looking at it strictly from a schematic standpoint? Yeah, so I mean, obviously everybody's got to have. I mean, everybody has a little bit different of a coaching style, right? So my first year was Rich Rodriguez. He was crazy. He was awesome. Um, never a dull moment with him. Super appreciative of him. Then the second year was Coach Levy. Um, uh, and then Kiffin was, was in those meetings all the time. Obviously, third year the same, fourth year uh, with Malzahn, but with Coach Chip Lindsay, and then the last year with Coach Henshaw. 
Um, I think the, the the changes that I saw was freshman year was really, really run heavy um, because I was good at it. Um, we had some really good running backs and Snoop Connor and Jerry on Ely, uh, Scotty Phillips as well. Um, and a really good offensive line, man. We, we were good at running the ball and that's what we did. Um, second year with, uh, Levy and Kiffin early on, it was a lot of option game, Baylor, uh, RG three type stuff. Uh, that was really, really cool for me. I liked, uh, I liked that option game, uh, a ton in the run game, uh, a lot of RPOs. Um, and then when we switched more over to Kiffin's offense, you saw a lot more vertically stretching the field, uh, with shots, um, high, low and defenders, on front sides, back sides, having the option game uh, with that Baylor stuff. Um, and then the transition to Malzahn uh, was was back to the run game being a big, big piece with uh, vertical shots to go off of that. Um, and then the last year was a heavy RPO as well. Um, we got really, really good at it with those guys. Um, and we went actually back and did some of the option game stuff um, that because Levy came from UCF. Um, they were still running a lot of his option game stuff. Um, I had obviously been in the offense, knew it. Uh, and so when I came in, <clears throat> fit like a glove, picked up right where we left off. And so a uh, little integrating of some offenses, right, just like everybody does, a little piece here from somebody, a little piece here from somebody else. But when you get, uh, when you get to see a lot of different ones, it's kind of cool how to see they all, how, they, how you can fit them together to make a, a pretty powerful offense. No, and and I think that you know Malzahn is is it, well. First off, Kevin has proven like the people that he brings in, the coaches and stuff, they're awesome with the way that they can put together an offense and and really. I think there were a lot of questions when they went to the SEC about whether they were going to hold up. Same thing with you know Heupel at Tennessee, and those offenses have kind of flipped college football on its head up to this point. So then you get a chance to go to the American, move up with the, the school to the Big Twelve. One of the things that was a really big talking point, you going from 22 to 23, and like Jim Nagy at the Senior Bowl was talking about it, and other quarterbacks, coaches, and people, you know, the quarterback experts, quote-unquote, you know, on, on social media and in the media in general, were talking about the jump that you were making as a passer from 22 to 23. And so I want to ask you about that specifically, but not just that jump, but because there was another jump from when you were – pre-injury to post-injury during the 23 season. What was that? What can you attribute that to? And, you know, what was it just something as a matter of you were just clicking? Was it a, a you know, a new coach? What, what was that? What caused that change? I think uh, the jump from 22 to 23, I think I attribute that to the spring ball piece of, of that year. Um, I told you earlier <clears throat> when it in, in college or in high school, in football season, I was a football player. And after football season, I would go play baseball in the spring and wouldn't pick up a football. Um, so I was half a year on football, half a year on baseball. Um, that year from 22 to 23, I got to participate in spring ball. So I got to practice football year round that year. And so I think that was a big, big jumping piece for me because um, throwing the baseball and throwing the football is kind of two different strokes, in my opinion. Uh, a little bit different. There's some similarities, some things that are going to carry over, but um, you do some things differently. Um, and so when you do one for half a year and then one for half a year, there's a kind of a transition period in the middle where you're, you're kind of figuring it out again, right? How kind of relearning it almost in um, that year, I kind of, I got to throw year round. And so 
there wasn't as big of a, Hey, I've got to relearn this or I have to, I have to get this movement pattern down again. I was, it was easy to just pick up and, and let it rip. Uh, the jump from the injury obviously took a piece of my game away. Um, I feel as though I'm one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the nation uh, with my legs. I think I can extend and, and make plays. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you've proven that, you know, uh, and, let's and just, I, just go back to the freshman year. Just go back. Sure, like sure. it's proven. Um, and so uh, that kind of piece got taken away, especially early coming back. Um, when I came back, I obviously uh, couldn't move a ton. And every week I kind of got a little bit, a little bit better, a little bit more mobile. Um, but I had to show a different piece of my game. Um, and so we started scheming uh, in that way, uh, scheming for us to, to make plays in the run game uh, with RPOs. So not with me. It, wouldn't, it wasn't run-run reads for me as, anymore. It was more of a uh, run pass. And then in the, in the shot game, um, we, we had guys um, a little bit more com- complexity uh, uh, on the front side of stuff, checking out of stuff to make sure that we were in the look that we wanted to. Um, and then progressions that um, I got to, to take a little bit more time with because I was injured. Um, kind of got to play the coach role a little bit uh, when, when I got injured. And so um, kind of got to evaluate, hey, you need to, you need to do this a little bit better, uh, kind of coaching my guy that was playing, Timmy McLean, who did a great job for us when I was out. But, um, hey, Timmy, when you're working through this progression, make sure you bring your feet and your eyes together, right? Just little things that I've learned through all, all the way through college. And in a, in a way, I was almost coaching myself. I was talking myself back through that process. And so when I got back uh, to being healthy enough to play, uh, I just got right back in the saddle. I didn't, there were, there didn't have to be any time of me like, uh, man, I remember this play, but I'm not really fresh on it. I, I kind of stayed sharp on everything because I knew that it was just a certain amount of time before I was going to be back on the field. Um, and I, I think that attributes again, just to that piece being taken away from my game. I had to, to, to show a different piece of my game and hurt defenses in a different way than I had before in the past. And so I was glad I got to show it. Um, I think I was going to show it uh, a little bit more uh, if I wouldn't have got hurt, obviously um, hindsight being 2020, but uh, it's part of my journey. Uh, and I'm, I'm a, I was not happy to go through it, but looking back um, a little bit of adversity, it isn't too bad on time. No. And, and that's the other thing too, is, you know, everything happens for a reason. We hear that all the time about everything, right? Everything happens for a reason. But for me, the one thing that I kind of look at as a, if you can call it a positive with your injury is the fact that you had to throw more with, you know, through that, you couldn't rely on your athletic ability to get you out of all these sticky things. Cause the notes, you know, the report as I'm writing up, you know, going through the tape, watching the games, it changes after that a little bit, because I I like one of the games I like to go back to with you is from the 23 years, Oklahoma state, right? I mean, Oklahoma was a great game too. Don't get me wrong, but Oklahoma state, it was just like, Everything was clicking. You were hitting the deep ball. It was they were beautifully, they were perfect to Javon. Uh, you know, to all those guys out there, you were killing it. And it also allowed me to see that, hey, this guy, he can work through the pocket. He knows how to to sit in there. I'm not worried so much about, you know, like me as a scout, I'm gonna look at all the little details. I'm not worried as much about his size because I see he's got the anticipation, he's got the time, and he's throwing these darts all over the part the place. And then I think that Oklahoma State game, if you were playing that, let's say you were you never got hurt. You know, you, you're, you're 90, 85%, whatever you're going to be at at that point in the season. Yeah. And you're relying on that athletic ability. I don't think I'm going to see that in that game and then the rest throughout the season. 
and neither are scouts, you know, because it changes the way that you have to play. So I think that honestly helped you a tremendous amount, you know, because it's not just guys seeing you throwing shorts, demanding passing academy yeah. or, you know, at practice wearing the freaking QR codes on the back of your jerseys, you know, like. <laughs> uh, yeah. And another piece that I think I had to learn as well is I kind of get into a competitive mode. Uh, like when I get in, you know, game time where it's like, I'm, I'm taking on defenders when sometimes I shouldn't, right? Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to break tackles when sometimes I should just go down. Um, and when I got injured, it kind of forced me to say, hey, if you can't get any more, go down. Give yourself up when there's two or three people around you. Um, so another, I guess, tough lesson that I had to learn during that period of time. And so, uh, again, a learning piece that, that, that I, I got during that time. I mean, it's a good habit to build because if you got TJ Watt or Miles Garrett closing on you, I don't think you want to. <laughs> I don't think you want that one, man. <laughs> You're topping everything. No. no, no. <laughs> Anyways, awesome, awesome. So one of the things too that I got to ask about is you know the combine list came out the other day, yeah. you know after and your name was not on it. So sure. it being a quote unquote snub from the combine, how do you feel about that? Why do you think you were stumped? Yeah, um, for me, ever since, you know, coming out of high school, uh, being in college, being at Ole Miss, uh, I've always been doubted. I've always been uh, – I kind of felt as though an underdog a little bit. Um, people have kind of overlooked me, I feel like, my whole life um, when it comes to, to playing quarterback. Um, but I think that that makes it easy for me to carry a chip on my shoulder. Um, it makes it really, really easy for me to do that. Uh, the reason why, uh, I couldn't tell you, right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in those guys' heads. Um, if I had to guess, maybe it was because I was injured. Uh, I didn't get to showcase a ton because of the games that I missed, but, um, at the end of the day, uh, I'm looking for opportunity, right? So whether that be, um, uh, I think of, I think of Sean Clifford last year, he didn't get a combine invite. Now he's, he's on the Packers and, and have, has been rocking and roll with those guys, um, I just need an opportunity like Sean did, right? You don't need something that, that – you don't need all 32 to fall in love with it. You just need one. Um, and I've always preached and told guys that uh, you grind and you grind and you grind and you grind and hope for an opportunity. And then once you get an opportunity, it's up to you to do what to do with it. And so I continue to grind, right? I continue to do what I have my whole life, been overlooked, been called too short, been called I, to say – called to play a different position you heard, um, the, you heard the hands aren't big enough yet of course all of those <laughs> things right all of those things i continue to grind right uh in hopes for for one day an opportunity um and i know i know that i'm gonna get i know i'm gonna get a shot somewhere um and i'm, I'm with that shot uh, i'm looking to raise some eyebrows now another thing that you've kind of got this interesting this year as you get ready for the draft is the big 12 pro day yeah. And it's the first time ever that a whole conference is bringing all their guys in and they're all going to do it the same place in Dallas uh, or Frisco. So how are you preparing for that? You know, is there a way that you could prepare for something that's really never happened before? Yeah, um, kind of a little bit uh, like guinea pigs right now. Like nobody, some guys don't know what to expect. Other guys are hearing one thing, hearing a different thing from somebody else. So um from what I understand right now is it's going to kind of be put on like a combine, like the combine, similar to it. Um, so the the same kind of format that they do at the combine is something that we should expect. 
at the pro day. So kind of preparing uh, for, for that. Uh, in order to do that, I'm, I'm training actually in Frisco um, with Exos that, that's there um, with Brent um, and those guys there. They've been unbelievable, you know, training 40, how to get bigger, faster, stronger, obviously all of those things. PT for my knee, getting it all the way back healthy is a big piece. Um, finally there. Uh, it took, it took you know, from the season of the injury point to now, but uh, we're finally there. And then uh, quarterback-wise, I'm training with Jeff Christensen. Uh, he's – uh, in short, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback coach, coaches Trey Lance, Aiden O'Connell. Um, he's been unbelievable helping me. Um, already have learned a ton, and I've only been with him for, you know, a couple of months. And so um, he's helped me a ton. I'm excited to, to showcase what he has uh, showed me. Um, and so uh, been training, been training hard, been training hard like I have my whole life. Uh, but I feel like now uh, I have a lot of guys that have – uh, seen the blueprint of what, what it is uh, that you're supposed to be doing, what it's supposed to look like. Um, and so they're kind of guiding me in that direction. One of the things that I always like to ask quarterbacks is because I know that especially guys that have been in a bunch of different systems is, Hey, what's your favorite concept to run? So for me this year, this was like our, our catch all this year. Um, and this is, this is a Baylor RG three classic, uh, Two by two set, we called it dice. It could be dice right, dice left, um, you know, indicating where the tight end is going to be. He was usually to the boundary for us. Um, uh, then it would be uh, flash, red or black buzz. So all that is is just the back uh, flashing sides and protection. Um, Three-man slide if it's even, obviously four-man slide if it's odd. Then uh, inside guys had a 12-yard option route, so they could either – run a, a go, they could run a fallout straight back down the stem, they can run a post, or they can run wrap roll digs. And then on the outside, you have 15-yard fallouts right back to stem. Uh, unless you get cover two, you can hole shot them, and they can continue going forward. Um, what's the progression look like? Too high, I'm picking the tightest halfway defender. Um, we call it tightest alley defender. Uh, playing inside out to the back. I forgot, back has an option route right there over the ball. Um, one high, we're playing opposite the safety, play away from them, manipulate, play away inside out to the back. And for us, that was our third down go-to this year. And we got really, really good at running it. Um, it's really about your relationship that you got with your guys, especially your option runner guys. Um, so for us, it was Kobe this year. We let Javon do it a lot. We let Xavier Townsend do it a lot. And so when you kind of, we're both seeing the same thing, and I, hey, I know what Kobe's going to do when it when it when it looks like this. He's going to wrap this guy. We're going to hit it right behind his ear. When you get on the same page like that, it was it was really really good for us. No, it's interesting that you bring that up too because somebody sent me this statistic, um, and that's why I was like, as you're talking about it, going, this sounds familiar about you um, regarding third downs this year. You were like the third most effective passer on third and six plus in the country. Let's go. That's good. Like 130.6 passer rating and, you know, like crazy stuff like that. So that kind of – that's interesting because you're talking about this play, it's a cover, all catch all. That would – Yeah. That would explain it. And if you can run it as well as you're talking about it, you're going to get the first down. So that makes a lot of sense now. 100%. You don't have to have a home run, right? Like those guys, uh, we tell them to to play what they see. Play fast and play what they see. And so um, Mm -hmm. if they think they can take the middle, take the middle. If it's not looking good and everybody's zoned out, come right back down the stem. You'll catch a ball. We'll get 12 yards. We'll go from there. And so awesome. tell those guys to play fast and play what they see. And they did. They got really good at it. 
Last question that I got for you, because I don't want to take too much of your time up now because we're right on the 30 minute mark now. Um, is obviously you're wearing a cross, you're wearing a cross. So yeah. I want to ask you about your faith. Faith is a huge thing yeah. for me. Uh, what is faith to you? And, and how has that played into your football journey up to this point? Uh, it's a big part of who I am. Uh, I was raised in an amazing family. Uh, I was raised in the church, uh, Southern Baptist in, in, in South Mississippi. Um, it's a big part of who I am. I accepted uh, Christ at an early age, and it has been a big, big piece in my life. As I grow uh, uh, physically, I also try to grow uh, in faith as well. And so um, for me, as it pertains to football, um, faith uh, keeps me solid is what I like to say, is what I like to call it. Um, <clears throat> when you play football uh, and you pursue it as hard as I do or as hard as guys that, that I'm sure that you have talked to, is, is as hard as we pursue it, sometimes it's easy for us to get caught up and say, hey, I'm John Rice, the quarterback, uh, or John Rice, the baseball player, right? Because we pursue it so hard. We put so much of our time into it. Um, but if you do that, you find yourself riding this roller coaster of like, hey, man, I'm, I'm playing really good right now. And then all of a sudden, as one does playing quarterback, you're either the hero or everybody hates you. You ride this roller coaster, right? There's a bunch of highs and lows that comes with playing the position and in playing football in general. Um, and for me, when my identity is in something that's more than, than this world, right, higher than football, uh, it keeps me solid. It keeps me uh, not even keel, but – uh, keeping me from from riding these just crazy up and downs that this game provides, right? It's why the it's why people love it. Um, but sometimes it's it's it can be can be really detrimental to you if you continue to ride this crazy roller coaster. Uh, and so I try not to be John Rice the quarterback. I try to be John Rice the follower of Christ uh, before I'm I'm anything else. Um, and then it, it it goes John Rice the son, John Rice uh, the brother, uh, and then John Rice the quarterback. As much as I pursue. Uh, being a quarterback, and I want to be the best quarterback in the world. Uh, I want to be really, really competitive in my faith as well. And so um, that's just a little bit about my faith. Uh, that's that's how I see it, um, and it's been a big part of who I am. Oh, that's awesome. That's really good to hear, dude. Um, one of my favorite players, really my favorite player of all time, was Philip Rivers. And, you know, I got an opportunity to listen to him talk back in – man, I was like 13 – and it was yeah. something he said something that changed the way that I approached life, which was, hey, everything at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's it's faith, it's family, it's football. And it's gotta yeah. be in that order. And yeah, that's how it, that's how it rolls. So, yeah. dude, awesome. Awesome. Good. It was great to get a chance to sit down and chat with you, get to know you a little bit, kind of hear your process, understand it, you know, get a glimpse of how you see the game and how you kind of play, uh, how you prepare. Couldn't be more excited for you as we go into, you know, this the rest of this draft process. Hey, we're in draft season now, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting yeah. started. Let's go, baby. Let's go. So let's do it. So again, appreciate you taking the time to join us today on you know the sick network. And yeah. uh man, we're rooting for you the, the whole rest of the way. Go light them up. You. Go prove that you're one of them top 32 quarterbacks. I think you can be. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Uh God bless, guys. I appreciate you a ton. Shane, let's get out of here. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.